Welcome to Terra Talks, where we talk about all things real estate. In each episode, we'll tackle current trends and topics of interest, both locally and regionally. However, or wherever you decide to tune in, you're not going to want to miss this. Welcome back to Terra Talks. My name is Brian Puckering. I'm a senior valuer at Terra Caribbean. Today we have Rachel McCartney, team lead at the brokerage department, and Chris Kimberly Justine Lewis from Clark Gittins Farmer. Yeah. How are you ladies? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Great. Rachel, can you explain the role of an agent in a property transaction? Sure. So to kind of summarize it, we are there to provide knowledge and insight so people can make, you know, comfortable and confident decisions in real estate. And what does that mean? So we research the market, provide comparable data to vendors in order to provide them with the right price to list their property to get it sold. We discuss leading indicators with clients, you know, so scarcity, demand, how's the market looking. Um, we provide business advice. We're connectors as well with all the people within all industries. And we're also psychologists because a lot of it comes down to that. <laughs> we prospect and pre-qualify clients to make sure they're the right people to, to rent or to buy a property. We market the properties, we take photos, we take videos, we do all that fun work. We facilitate every single showing of a property, whether it's land or a house or commercial property. We prepare residential leases. Unfortunately, we're not lawyers, but we have to do that sometimes. And we keep on top of the sales process and provide assistance wherever we can. Okay. Is an agent required in a transaction? They're not required in a transaction, but buying or renting a property or even trying to sell or rent a property has a lot of difficulties if you don't have one. One, if you're just there in the market and you wanna sell your property, how do you get a guide on what you're gonna sell it for? How, how are you getting your pricing? If you're renting, who's doing your lease for you? Who's providing you with that advice and knowledge for you to get this lease done? Do you even have a lease when you do your rental? Um, there's also good to have a degree of separation between yourself and, um, and a client for negotiation for you to guess the best price possible. Um, and then also there's the legal ins and outs, which we can provide initial advice, but then put you on to good attorneys like him. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So Kimberly. Yes. Can you describe the role of a attorney at law in a property transaction? So I will say for all attorneys in a transaction, they have to do anti-money laundering compliance, which is know your client. So we'd have to ask, you know, for proof of address, proof of ID, source of funds for purchasers who are looking to buy a property. Now, I'm going to break it down for each attorney in a transaction. Okay. So for vendor's attorney, they're required to get and gather all the necessary documents that are needed for a sale. You know, they'd have to ensure that the original title deeds are with the purchase, with the buyers, no, sorry, with the vendor. <laughs> um, or the seller, because we will use that word interchangeably, and uh, ensure that the vendor has original title deeds, as I said, the land taxes have been paid. If it's a company, ensure that the company documents are up to date. And I'm stressing that because Rachel and I, we've had our fair share of company drama. Yep. <laughs> and... Uh, I will also say, you know, making sure that there are no mortgages on the property. Now, when it comes on to a purchaser's attorney, they will do the necessary investigations on the title. Now, I will backtrack 
a bit because the vendor's attorney also has the role to prepare the necessary legal documents. Okay. So this would be the contract, the transfer documents, you know, down to property transfer tax forms, and they would then send it to the purchaser's attorney who would review and they would investigate, ensure that the owner can actually, or the seller can actually sell the property. Now, if it is a case where there's a mortgage involved, then it doesn't matter the price point. You know, clients sometimes go to the bank or their lender to get financing. And in that case, that attorney for the bank would then review do their own investigations on the title and prepare the security documents to ensure that the bank's security is secured. And I think that's a great synopsis of the role of the attorneys. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Rachel, in a transaction, what documents would a vendor need? To provide to, to us, yeah. to list the property. Um, what do they need? What do we want? <laughs> True. I'd like to see a copy of your title deeds. I don't want to hear you have it somewhere in a safe or, you know, it's it's where it should be. I'd like to see a copy of it. You have to provide us with a plot plan, copy of a land tax bill. If you're selling furnished, you have to provide inventory. Um, and those are the main things. If you're selling land, we'd like to see the conveyancing documents so we can know what the covenants are for the, um, for the lots. You know what you can and can't do with the property. Okay. Is there a difference between an investment property and a house that I'm buying for my sole occupation? Yeah. So what I try to tell people is that, you know, you should really buy something that can span both because if something goes wrong, you want to be able to rent the property out to cover your mortgage or to at least contribute to that in case of anything going wrong. However, there are some people that really want that special, unique thing that really goes for them, you know, like a house with a the shape of a guitar you know something <laughs> weird like that or they want to be in St. Joseph on acres and acres of land with a old plantation property but then the thing what you need to realize that that's fine but you have to understand how you're going to exit and how long it's going to take when you have to sell so I would say you can get what's for you but be sensible about it and location is important because you want to if you're going to do it from an investment perspective you want to buy somewhere where people are going to want to stay when they come on the island as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Rachel sold the property. Mm -hmm. How long approximately does it take to transact? Oh, Lord. The hard questions <laughs> again, Rachel. <laughs> so each transaction is different. I will start there. Okay. okay that's the disclaimer, everyone. I'll start right there. No. I'm going to break it down again, and I'll start with cash. Now, cash transactions, we like to aim for four to six weeks, and this means that the purchaser wow. has the money to buy. However, it depends if the vendor has everything that the purchaser needs to have this purchase, sale purchase done. Now, if the vendor has their original title deeds, I have an updated plan, meaning it's within 20 years, which is a safe um, age for the plan. If the land taxes have been paid, if it is where the house associate, the home association fees, common services fees have been paid, then it can be achieved, provided all is well. That includes no encroachments. Okay. Now, for if it's a case where it's a cash, but there's a mortgage 
on the property, I will say an average six weeks because we would have to now bring in the bank's attorney mm -hmm. to do what's called a release, releasing this mortgage that is on the property. If it's a simple sale slash purchase, however, the purchaser has financing from a bank or another lender, then I will say the standard is three months because no, you have a vendor's attorney, you have a purchaser's attorney, and then you have a bank attorney. So that's um, a lot of moving of documents between the, the respective attorneys. Okay. And uh, the big one is share purchase transactions. Mm -hmm. No, you know, when you have, we find clients who have more of a, they have properties more on the high end. You know, they normally opt to have a property which is owned by a company. You know, so it's the shares of that company which actually owns the property. Mm -hmm. So how one would then purchase the property is actually by buying the shares in the company. Mm -hmm. So it's really two transactions happening at once you know it's a bit top heavy uh, of a transaction so that means you know we're doing a transaction for the sale of a company and also another for the sale of a property and because of this as well some of these companies are not incorporated in barbados mm -hmm. so we'll be it's now multi-jurisdictional you know it's another con it's another country so we have to be um uh, reaching out to the agent or the attorney in that country, ensuring everything is in order in that country and in Barbados, and also ensuring that the property can be sold. Okay. So, and that takes, I will say, three months as well, at least three months. That's not too bad. Well, there was a bit, I will say, um, before it would have been a shorter time but because there have been changes in the law especially with companies mm -hmm. whether it's here or in that country you know we have to ensure you now that there are more regulations to you now comply with so it's now i would say three months okay so kimberly's just mentioned cash purchasers mm -hmm. are clients willing to negotiate and does a cash purchase help or influence a negotiation so are clients willing to negotiate so both sides, both sides, purchase and vendor. So kind of asking answers from the client side, because a client is always going to want to make an offer. Right. Mm -hmm. um, we I'll kind of talk you through our process internally when we take on a listing. So we tend to try to not take on listings that are above 15 percent of the advice that we provide to an owner. Um, when we do our listing process, one of our agent goes out to the property, inspects the property, photographs, videos, goes back and we present to the team. Now we have a team of 20 agents now. Mm -hmm. So we provide, the listing agent will provide the agent with comparable sales, all the information on the property. And then we ask the agents to individually come back to us and tell us what you should list the property at and what you should sell it for. So rather than Joe Blow agent that's coming to you to list your property that says, what do you want? Or uh, I think your property will sell for that. We're actually giving you market advice. So we combine our opinion, we all agree on it and we decide on a price for the property. So when people make offers on our properties, usually there is a built-in room for negotiation. So what we're seeing in the last six months is 5% off the asking price, which is the lowest it's been in five years in Barbados. Wow. Over the last year to two years, on average, about 8% off the asking price. Okay. So when people come to us and say, um, I'm going to offer 30% less, 
we don't immediately run to the vendor and say, oh, we got you a low price offer. Let's get offended together. No, mm. we're going to tell you as a client, look, these are the last three transactions that are similar to this property. This is what the vendor knows already. This is why his pricing is where it's at. So you should really reconsider your offer so that you stand a good chance because now more than ever, which we've not really seen in Barbados, is people are getting multiple offers on properties. People are getting upset when they don't get a property. So Ooh. instead of listening to your auntie, your dad, your gardener, or you know whoever, listen to the advice of a real estate agent and a trusted one um, to get the advice on the property. And yes, you can negotiate, but within reason. I'm sure you want to ask me next. Let me help you out. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what you need to consider. Was that your next question? It was. All How right. did you know that? I don't know. I'm a mind reader <laughs> and I have a computer open in front of me. <laughs> so first thing you need to ask yourself, whether it's a property listed with us or anybody else, is what's the market exposure on this property? And what does that mean? How long has the property been on the market? If it's been on the market for two years, chances are you could probably get more than 8% off or 5% off the asking price. And then you have to also ask yourself, is this price reflective of what similar properties sold for? So if you were not your agents and you're using another agent, ask them, what is another property sold for? Two other properties that are similar to this. Where you at in your financing journey is another one because a vendor may be more negotiable or a vendor will be more negotiable and will go for a cash offer faster than a mortgage because mm. cash is king you're more serious. You can get the done fa deal done faster because everything is there and ready at your disposal. Whereas if you're going through the financing journey and you've just started, you know, it's going to take you a lot longer, a lot longer yeah. um, because you have to get pre-qualified and you have to go through the whole mortgage approval process. So that stuff takes time. But also when you are going through that period, even if a vendor accepts a, a finance offer, because of how long things take, you also have to be willing to understand that someone may sign off on an offer and between your time of accepting that offer to paying your 10%, sometimes it can run you up to two months if you're dealing with financing. Yeah. So there's a lot of room for you to lose the property as well too. So mm. psychologists and real estate agents <laughs> at your service. Understood. <laughs> Got it. Kimberly, she mentioned a whole lot about property transactions just mm -hmm. now. What can your clients do to make your process more efficient and effective? Well, again, it depends on who I'm working for. If it's the vendor, they would need to ensure that they have their original title deeds. If they don't, we would have to do a restoration on title and that can take six months at least. And that's wow. stressing the least, I think, to be fair, really a year. <laughs> so, um, you know, they would need to be in that position to actually, to actually sell. Um, what else? If it's a purchaser, I would say always ensure that you're walking with your pre-approval letter. As Rachel said, you know, a vendor would be more likely to entertain the offer if they already see that you have taken steps to ensure that you can buy the property and you will be in a, pro in a position to buy the property. And as um, a mortgagee, which is would be the bank's, attorney i would say ensure that you have all your source of funds you know um so it would be job letters uh or salary slips mm -hmm. you have your proof of address proof of identification to provide to the bank so they can at least start the mortgage application now you are a senior valuer at tarot so you actually come into play <laughs> um because you have to do your valuation for the mortgage I so do. that's also something where you know 
if they start that process, they'll be able to decide who can do their valuation for the mortgage. And uh, that would assist in making sure that things go as smoothly as possible. Okay. Can you tell me two misconceptions that clients have about property transactions? Um, that they think that they're horror stories, you know, and I do understand why, because Rachel and I, I'm sure we can tell you some, you know, some stories that we've heard from clients, <laughs> you know, but honestly, I would say as much as I understand, not every story fits someone's reality. And, uh, you know, I will say this because I've worked with Rachel, you know, we've always tried to ensure that a client gets professional and efficient service to ensure that, you know, when they do step into this house, they can just breathe a sigh of relief because it was done properly, it was executed seamlessly. And, uh, you know, so that's a misconception right there. You know, yeah. not everything, not every transaction is a horror story. And it's really for the client as well to ensure that they're doing their due diligence in who that they're going to retain as a realtor and who they're going to retain as a lawyer, you know. And another misconception is actually the legal fees and expenses. Um, so as attorneys, we... So we calculate our legal fees based on rules. No, this is for non-contentious transactions. Okay. And it sets out the minimum that we can charge a client based on the purchase price and uh, the mortgage amount. No, so it's not really picking, you know, a figure out <laughs> of the air. Um, we do go by a scale. And then certain things are taken into consideration during the transaction to, to then present it. Also, persons will sum up a figure and they will think it's all for the attorney, but they actually have to pay property transfer tax mm -hmm. and stamp duty, but that would be dependent on the transaction. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that. No problem. Same question? So... A lot of people think that you have to work with every single real estate company in order to find the property that you want, when that is not, in fact, that's not true. We don't, um, there's a lot of agencies here that'll put a paper in front of you and say, work with me exclusively. We don't do that. We want you to feel comfortable with us and realize that you do want to work with us. But the thing is, you don't, you can come to one agent on the island and because of the relationships that everybody has, there's like an informal MLS system here. We can access everyone's listings, we work together and we can show you any property on the island. So we maximize on people's time and provide them and we're able to provide people with advice on every single property that they see. Rather than you getting into a car, so you come here on, you know, for a week to come and look at properties, but then you have to spend five different days going out with agents rather than one mm -hmm. or two just with one. So that's a big misconception. Okay. Um, another one is that a lot of non-nationals feel that their additional taxes when you buy in Barbados because they're used to inheritance tax and capital gains that's tax. That's interesting. Whereas Barbados makes it really attractive for people when they're buying. When mm -hmm. you buy here, you pay your legal fees, you pay a portion of amount of land tax and you're good to go, yeah. basically. If you're getting financing, then you have additional legal fees and bank negotiation fee and stuff like that, stamp duty on your mortgage. But it's pretty standard and there's no difference whether you're national or non-national. 
Could I add on that? Sure, you can. Great. So to add to what Rachel said about non-nationals, if it is what there are Mm non-residents, then they would need to apply to exchange control. So this is at Central Bank. Mm -hmm. No, they would, if it is where a purchaser is sending funds into Barbados, it would be for the purchaser's attorney. This would now be their role to register the funds through Central Bank. And once you have a non-resident being a vendor or a purchaser, they would then have to get approval from exchange control at Central Bank to ensure that the sale is considered valid. And it's honestly probably the easiest part of a transaction. Yet some people leave that part out and then we lose sales. Yes, (laughs) unfortunately. No one cried this week. This episode was filmed on location at the Sanziru Villa in Sandaline. Sanziru is a gorgeous 11-bedroom villa and perfect for the luxurious holiday getaway you've been planning. Click the link below for more information from our sister company, Blue Sky Luxury.